Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him. And that, in fact, it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs, mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from and I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one so feel free to chime in as we go along without further ado today's episode Hello and welcome, beloveds, back to Vagina Talks. I am your host, Sophia Wise One, and I am happy and honored to be here together like we do through the internet. It's magic. Wherever you are, time of day, place is what it is. A really special guest today that I found through the magic of the internet, and I'm going to let her talk a lot about what it is, but this catching point of the witch wound and I actually just coming out of the retreat weekend that I did with Amy Joe and incredible, incredible women and non-binary folks. We did some really deep work, really lovely work. And I actually had another witch wound reveal itself. So it's perfectly timed, I think, to just kind of get into this medicine as we drop into October, as we drop into this autumn energy of our ancestors. So I want to tell you a little bit about Portia. Richardson joining us today. She's a holistic and integrative healer, a teacher, and a witch with special interest in spiritual activism, embodiment practices, and healing trauma. 
personalized medicine and constitutional wellness, women's health and empowerment, collective consciousness, and global transformation. This is our woman, right? Multidimensional paradigm shifting and sub-quantum magic. She also teaches graduate courses at the University of Minnesota's Center for Spirituality and Healing. Welcome, Portia. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good times to be here. How mm-hmm. I feel. I feel like we're in, we're in wild, wild times and it's precious and precious good times all at the same time. So many times happening at once, like wildness of what's taking place. Agreed. So, yeah. So let's let's just kind of jump right in and and talk about who you are and what your connection and understanding to the witch wound and what you're walking and sharing and, and being with with people right now. Mm. Well, thank you, Sophia. I'm just really, really honored to be able to talk with you today, especially as you're coming off of this this retreat weekend and just bringing all of that energy with you. I, um, as we were sitting and breathing before you started recording, I got a bunch of really, really big images coming through of you and I sitting across from each other and being surrounded by these dancing skeletons. Mm. Yeah. And they were very joyful, joyful skeletons. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to receive that image at all, but it, it strikes me as we're talking here in October, uh, you know, the season of the witch, the veil is thinning, you know, the ancestors are really coming back to be fed and nourished. And, and here we are, here we are. So I'm just feeling very supported and feeling the divine timing of, of this connection. And, so I just wanted to share that with you, that that's what came in for me. I love that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. I feel that like really welcoming the dancing skeletons. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. So they're with us. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I am, well, thank you for the introduction. I'm also, I would add, I, um, a mother. I am partnered. You know, my pronouns are she, her. I feel mostly really comfortable with that. I've been exploring a little bit of queering of my gender, and I'm also holding the tension of really wanting to uplift, continue to uplift the she, her energy. So I I just want to be transparent about that. I'm an artist and a musician. I'm currently working on some solo albums that are very witchy that I'm excited to release hopefully in the next year or two. Mm. Um, I did come out recently as a queer woman, um, which is something that I've been working up to for a long time. I'll be turning 38 this year and um, I'm in a heteronormative relationship with a cis man. And so this was, uh, it felt like a really, Oh, just like a breath of relief that at this age, I'm able to come out of that closet, having a couple of years ago come out of the broom closet, as they say, as a witch, you know, weaving that into my professional identity. So there, there's a lot of unfolding that's happening for me and a lot of integrating of all these parts of who I am and really starting to weave those into how I'm showing up as a professional entrepreneur woman in the world and trying to really break taboos, you know, break, break down taboos of that. If I'm going to be respectful and uh, good at what I do, I need to follow this or that script, you know, patriarchal script. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, I know that I'm not alone in this. This is something that's really collectively, you know, we're all working through this in our own ways. You know, I, I feel like, you know, since we did connect through Instagram, I really appreciate that platform for everyone being able to kind of put it out there and allow, you know, allowing ourselves to be seen for these more authentic ways of being. It's really empowering when I see other people just showing, you know, showing like, hey, this is who I am. Um, it doesn't have to look like what we've been indoctrinated to believe. And so I'm, I'm trying to do my piece in that. You know, another big part of who I am right now is really working with my ancestral reclamation process as, a, you know, a white woman with European ancestry. I live in Minnesota right now, which is the traditional land of the Anishinaabe and Dakota people. And my blood lineage comes, you know, it's a mixed European, about, you know, more or less a, a, a third from the British Isles with a pretty heavy Scottish Highland emphasis, um, Scotch-Irish emphasis, and then another third coming from Scandinavia and Norway with a little bit of Finnish and Northern Russian, and then another third coming from uh, Western Europe, French, Germany uh, more recently, and then, you know, little trails into Italy. And, you know, I'm kind of assuming that that might be the Roman Empire's influence, but, you know, we don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm, we can assume. Mm-hmm. We can assume. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then my people came over in the 1700s and settled in uh, the Appalachian region, uh, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Georgia, which is the traditional lands of the Cherokee and the Shawnee people. So I just like to put that out there because I think that part of um, the witch wound, which we can really get into, is, you know, that that my people, my ancestors were colonized, you know, for uh, we can say thousands, you know, thousands of years. It depends on, you know, how far you want to go back with this. But yeah. that same colonization, that happened in Europe. And then that just spread all around the world. And so I see that we're in a process now where there is this hunger um, and thirst, like a almost like a desperate energy to reclaim our rights as people to be connected to the earth and the natural forces um, and to own our intuitive powers, to have sovereignty over our bodies and our minds and our hearts. Um, And one of my really uh, good friends, my friend Leave, put it like this to me and this like really landed for me. And she said that, um, how did she put it? She said, um, The medicine for grasping is grieving. Mm. And yeah, yeah, we can just take a breath around that. (laughs) Yeah, the medicine Mm. for grasping is grieving. And just honoring that the the major energetic force behind uh, cultural appropriation, as she was saying, um, and I totally agree with this, is that that grasping, you know, that grasping outside of ourselves for some sense of rootedness, some sense of connectedness. And as, as a European descended, you know, person, I have every right to worship the earth, to sing and dance and chant and smoke cleanse and, you know, do all of these things that, you know, even in my own personal history, I have 
gone down the slippery slope of appropriating as a younger woman looking for, you know, look, like I said, looking for a sense of connection and how powerful it is to be able to begin that process of reclamation of grieving, grieving my ancestors and then honoring them, you know, with my grief and also by taking action to to, to fortify those roots and regrow, you know, re, regrow my, uh, my cultural lineage as a white woman in this, especially on this land of Turtle Island. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my orientation these days. And it really, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in, in healing. Uh, you know, I have a, a background in multiple modalities. Um, I, as a young woman, I was, I was super witchy as a kid, you know, like it, I just kind of came into the world very sensitive as I think a lot of us do. Um, mm-hmm. most, you know, I would even wager to say all babies, you know, come in very, very open and sensitive and that it's conditioned out of us, depending on our culture, especially patriarchal cultures, um, especially here in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that happened and I basically shut it down. I shut down my magic. I mean, not entirely. I shut down my queerness. You know, I, um, I walked the part, especially as a tall blonde, you know, thin, able-bodied, um, you know, I could, I got a lot of pressure to fit into that box. Um, and I, I tried, I tried to contort myself into that and, um, and also kind of over, prove myself because I didn't want to be the dumb blonde, you know, so I was always trying to be like, you know, prove my worth, prove my smarts. Um, I went to college and uh, studied, I got a biology degree, um, but I was really interested in uh, systems ecology and different, looking at different patterns in in nature. And um, that kind of laid the groundwork for being able to see patterns for me and then I moved to Minneapolis. I grew up in Kansas and went to college in Illinois. And then I moved to Minneapolis um, in my, you know, just right after college. And, you know, what do you do with a biology degree <laughs> from a liberal arts college? You don't, you don't really do anything. <laughs> you work at the local uh, kind of, you know, holistic cafe slash herbal, you know, hippie shop right. at, by day and then play in a rock and roll band by night, you know, for... <laughs> for a number of years. So that's what I did. And it was really super fun. And then my Saturn returned in my late 20s. And I freaked out and went back to grad school. And I originally thought I was going to go back to nursing because that was a good practical job. And um, but through kind of a series of synchronicities, I uh, very, uh, very quickly realized that I was more um, destined to go down the quote, alternative healing path. And I went to acupuncture school and I took a bunch of classes in the Center of Spirituality and Healing here in Minnesota, which I now teach in. Um, And just uh, went through the health coaching program there, which is very holistic and comprehensive. Um, And uh, just was like, hungry for looking at these holistic systems of healing. And then when I got out of school, I started my practice and that was uh, a whole big series of initiations of increasingly learning to come more and more into who I am and put it out in the world. And um, yeah, like I said, two years ago, a little over two years ago, I guess now, 
I officially changed my bio to include the word witch on it. And at the time, that was terrifying. It was like a primal body, you know, all of my, you know, I mean, past life stuff, like it all just came up. I was really, really afraid of being publicly shamed. And it still comes up, you know, it's still present. Um, but I've built up a ton of resiliency around it. So I'm able to just really walk, you know, mostly with a lot of pride. And when the fear comes up, I have ways to tend with that, you know, tend to that now, thankfully. And, you know, here we are in the what looks like it's becoming a super boom of witchiness, which I am for the most part, like very, like all about that, you know, I mean, capitalism has its way of distorting things and, you know, turning everything into kind of toxic bullshit, but, um, well, excuse me, I probably shouldn't say <laughs> bullshit. I, I don't know if we can say bullshit. Um, oh, uh, uh, all my <laughs> listeners know I've, it's your, I, yeah, no, you're all right. Every, there, all right. Every single one of my episodes is explicit and it's not because of like, vagina graphic it's just because i have a i have i have i like to curse that's really i was gonna call it a dirty mouth but i, I just enjoy expletives so you're right you, go, you go ahead and you speak don't worry about awesome it. thank you well even yeah. like the word curse right you know like to, mm. to, to, to curse something means to you know to 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 move the energy to put some energy on something and yeah 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 so anyways i'm i'm that was kind of a long-winded way of getting to the present, but, <laughs> but a journey. yeah, but that, that's me. That's me in a nutshell, I guess, in a big, Great. in a big nutshell. Thanks. It's the beautiful nutshell. And, uh, yeah, right. It's like that people says like, so it's your story, where do you come from? It's like, Hmm, it would only take probably like eight times longer than my actual lifespan to tell the story of my lifespan, you know? So it's like, it just takes about 140 years to tell the story of my 34 years. So, um, but I do, I have a couple questions. Um, yeah. One is to name specifically when you talk about when you were a kid, your, mm -hmm. your witchiness and your sensitivity. I think it's really useful for us to name because there's a way it's like, I, it's like, you know, there's this uh, general understanding of like, yeah, or there's just a like, what do you mean? And a lot of people are in this, transition period of in that way reclaiming and reclamation mm -hmm. of going oh that's oh that's what that is I thought I was just weird so um what are some of those things that you remember now or you can recognize now were part of your sensitive construction that got uh, uh cultured out of you mm -hmm. or, or, yeah. or or repressed or sidestepped or whatever Right. I, I like the uh, uh, word disenchanted. Mm, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like we're in an era now where, especially in the West, um, where we're really in need of reenchantment. We're we're in need of being able to expand our worldview mm. to in, to include things beyond our five senses and beyond uh, this kind of hyper rationalism that we've inherited. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it showed up as being, um, you know, psychic, having six sensibilities, you know, those kinds of, um, in the research, what they call psi phenomena, um, 
you know, being able to uh, be really attuned to energy. And, um, and I, and I feel like I've really, um, you know, that never really went away. It was just, I didn't, I wasn't tracking it. And I was, uh-huh. if things came in, I was rationalizing it as, a, as something else, you know, right. or just my mind or whatever. Can you say a little bit more about specifically what that is? Like, what is that for you? Like, what did that look like, sound like, feel like, like, how did that show up? Like, what do you remember and going, oh, that was psi activity that I didn't, instead of getting trained how to track it and how to work Mm -hmm. with it, I was undermined or disenchanted around that. Mm -hmm. Like, what, like, do you have like an example that you can recall? And I understand a general feeling, but just to like really paint a picture and name Um, or describe rather than name. Hmm. Well, I feel like I have telepathic uh, abilities for sh- I mean, we all do. I mean, this is based on research. Uh, you know, everybody has at least 30% off of baseline, you know, uh, telepathic phenomena, you know, things like knowing when so-and-so is going to call or the sense of being looked at and turning around and seeing someone look at you. This is just like stuff everybody experiences. Um, but for me, I remember being able to feel like I was having telepathic communication with animals a lot with animals, um, my pets, um, also with, uh, you know, the plant people, the trees, um, flowers. Um, I was, I have, I still have, and then had a really active, um, third eye visioning capacity. So, um, you know, I had all of these imaginary best friends, like quote unquote, imaginary best friends, uh-huh. you know, yep. and they aren't imaginary. These are just entities that live in a different vibrational state, you know, um, and uh, are, are, are not embodied in the same way that we experience being embodied. And um, uh, I had a, you know, very felt sense, you know, when I was in the presence of these supportive beings. Um, and, uh, you know, also things like I used to have this what I, you know, kind of call a recurring dream, but it was more of a memory of, um, my incarnation. Like I have this memory of, um, you know, floating down a tunnel and instead of the like tunnel of light that gets talked about when we leave our bodies with death, this was almost like the reverse where it felt like it got darker and denser. And there was like a blue kind of peripheral blue light, like all around and this, uh, you know, humming, you know, now I would probably call it like the universal ohm sound, mm-hmm. but as a child, I didn't have that language. It was just uh, a sense of getting increasingly denser with a pressure and a, a really all enveloping sound and then kind of a visual sense of going down a tunnel. And I used to have that, uh, you know, dream memory a lot. And I'm talking about, you know, as a child under, you know, probably six, um, you know, where I could, you know, I still have some memories. It was like once my memory started to actually be able to, um, you know, I could retain some actual memories, uh, so I can remember it now, but I'm sure I was having these even earlier than that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like a two, three year old. Um, 
and definitely being able to feel other people's energy, um, you know, uh, unspoken energy that is, you know, beyond body language, you know, that's just vibe, just like people's, you know, we could call it electromagnetic field if we want to talk about it that way, but it's even subtler than that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess those would probably be, be the main ones. And then just this like really intense, intense connection to both the natural world, the earth, and also the stars. Um, like I remember just like looking at the sky as a kid. And this is like way before anybody's talking about like, at least to me, like indigo children or star people or anything like that. Like I didn't have anybody talking about that stuff, but um, I just had this sense of knowing that, you know, I, um, you know, I came from the stars. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, that's a thing. And, mm. you know, spaces, you know, it felt like home. And also at the same time, um, you know, part of me felt very earth connected. You know, I, I uh, my mom and I always kind of joke about, I mean, this happened multiple times, but um, I would find, you know, dead animals walking home from school or in the backyard. There's a story about a little mole that I remember this mole as being like the softest, most velvety, velvetiest, you know, cutest little thing. My mom remembers it being this like bloated, stinky kind of like totally like pretty, you know, like just like ripe and along its way, you know, decomposition yeah. mole. Yeah. And I didn't want to get, I, I wanted to like love on it. And, uh, you know, we buried it. And then there was a bird, the crow that I found that I named and, you know, basically went through this whole ceremonial, you know, like ritual process to put this crow back into the earth, just all on my own, you know, like yeah. that just came from, from me being a kid. And I can see it in my son, you know, I can see, I can see how he, I have a three-year-old, um, almost four-year-old, and uh, I can see how he is very psychic and attuned and, um, you know, and at the same time, I can see how he is being indoctrinated with gender messaging and, you know, all of that stuff. And it's, I, I am just trying to hold that tension of, you know, I can be his mother and I can be who I am and I can teach him my value system. And also, you know, we're in the water that we're swimming in. And so mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of like surrendering that I just have to trust that he's going to find his way. Um, so thankfully, I had a mom who was very... Uh, I would say like very open for her generation. I mean, baby boomer went back, you know, kind of was a hippie woman who did the back to the earth movement in the seventies and lived on a farm and kind of worked, um, half in the, you know, um, kind of more of a conventional healthcare system as an occupational therapist than turned lymph lymphedema therapist. Um, but then also, you know, really got involved in the transcendental meditation movement when that really popped um and you know had the practice she still has a very um disciplined practice around that and you know so as a yogi mama and also like a total green herbalist which you know the garden is her church um she dabbled in wicca a little bit in the 90s um but it just wasn't quite her scene um <laughs> she just <laughs> 
you know, I love, I, I really appreciate Wic- Wiccan teachings and the attempt at uh, revivalist um, paganism. And, you know, I, I really, I really appreciate all of that. And I also relate to that not being my mom's scene and kind of not necessarily being my scene, even though I, uh, I like a lot of the teachings that come out of Wicca. Um, but I feel like my mom was, uh, a, you know, she got me like a tarot deck when I was a teeny bopper and, you know, we used to do that kind of thing. Uh, she got me a Ouija board, although I just, that didn't go very well because I just think that there is some heavy energy around that. Um, yeah, I am and, not a Ouija board. I have like, I have, yeah. I have, I have, I've had one Ouija board experience that I would describe <laughs> as like remotely enjoyable. And I have had like three or four that were in social spaces that really confirmed that I would, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I just don't. I'm like, Nope. And it's, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. Ah. It's, it's, it's like nope. basically opening a doorway to like really hungry ghosts, you know, yeah. like, you yeah, know, like, it's like a specific door that opens to, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a real, yeah. I, I, I'm, <clears throat> I feel like we're having this like nonverbal understanding of one another. And I just want to like, I don't know. I just feel like I want to like bring in the listeners and just say a little bit about that. Cause it's like what I felt was like you said opening the door to hungry ghosts like this experience of now in my work when I come across those energies or those ghosts or half ghosts or whatever the different ways that I talk about that that hungry space my focus is to help them transition and like Mm -hmm. get to a well that can feed their thirst help them cross Mm -hmm. the threshold help them you know move through um, as opposed to like hang out with them right it's like it's it, it, that feels really different sometimes. And, and if I am hanging out with them, that's usually again, it's from a point of connection, and understanding to help them cross over. Um, mm. And uh, and I guess. Yeah. So that that's my. That's like my experience of just being like, yeah, like these ghosts are in those social spaces. And like as a game, I was like, these are real. This is like we're just getting involved in something that we can't. Like I could feel the need for help. And at that point, and in that, maybe not even at that point, so much as in that space, I felt like I couldn't actually really help. It was just meddling without being constructive. And that's, oh, what, like, totally. didn't feel good. that's what didn't feel good to me. Um, yeah. I haven't thought about that in so long. Cause I just like, it's, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago was like, Nope, not my scene. Like, and like, don't throw them out or put on the street, usually burn them with gratitude and blessings. Like, <laughs> Right. Like, you know, right. like I don't even like pass them on if they come my way. Or just kind of like honor, you know, like honor that that sense. Can can you talk a little bit about when you were that use the word witch? What mm-hmm. that word means, what that includes, what you're talking about? Yeah, great. Um, well, this word is, you know, has so many different meanings to different people, and I would invite all of your listeners to really. Um, just hold it loosely and um, feel free to make meaning out of that word however they want um, at this point. Um, for me, I have, how do I talk about it now? I almost feel like I have a 
um, like three axes or well, maybe two axes, like, well, maybe directions is a better way of talking about this. There's a, you know, kind of a downward, um, into the earth, into the lower, you know, chakras, uh, energy centers, part of how I hold the witch archetype that is all about honoring my blood lineage ancestors of, you know, the, um, the people who I come from and their earth honoring, you know, cultural traditions and as a way, you know, trying to reclaim those as best as I can. Um, and this is totally in process for me. I am not like a scholar in Norse mythology or Celtic mythology. I mean, I have threads that feel very resonant with me, but I'm giving myself a lot of space to just integrate those um, over my whole life, um, knowing that they come with a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of grief there. There's a, a huge, yeah. huge iceberg of frozen, unprocessed ancestral trauma and grief. And so it's really important to go slow through that and not rush, you know. And I all, also know that my impulses to rush really, you know, when I feel that way, that comes from me not being in my body at all. It comes from me feeling like, you know, I need to be like perfect or knowledgeable or have the thing, you know, like the thing being, you know, my, I don't know, my ability to say like, I know all about my lineage and look how cool I am, you know, like that kind of statusy <laughs> bullshit, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, this is like a huge, huge, deep, deep well that's going to take a lot of time. And mm -hmm. I just want to savor the flavor, you know, like I want to savor like each little bit that comes back to me. Um, so I have enough of a sense of it now to feel like I'm on a path for sure, um, where I'm rooting, really rooting down. And, um, so that's kind of one direction is going down into my lower energy centers back through, you know, time as I perceive it in this reality, you know, into my ancestors and reclaiming that space. And then the other um, the other direction is really like this upward, outward kind of, you know, up through the tree of life, up into the upper energy centers, um, out into the cosmos, expanded kind of subtler realms feel. And this is um, my love of uh, consciousness research, parapsychology research, kind of the science world behind magic. I've had like a love affair with self-study along these lines, like basically forever. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, through high school and then really ramping up into my 20s um, and like even increasingly over like the last several years into my 30s, you know, I, it's like some people, you know, their idea of fun is like going out to the bar and I'm like, well, I, I would rather take a bath and like watch a YouTube video of some like super nerdy, like <laughs> conference lecture on like quantum physics or like <laughs> the science behind you know, telepathy or something like that. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I can, I've, I've had also, I've had a little bit of um, a feeling of loneliness with that because mm. I have tried to um, relate with people around this and I can kind of get the eyes glazing over feel sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I've just had to 
I don't know, do the dance of, you know, this is something that I really am super interested in and not everybody's going to be able to play with me in that arena. And increasingly, I feel like more and more people are coming into my life that are. So right. I, I, yeah, it's like you being the perfect example of this. And um, so, you know, that's kind of, you know, when I say sub quantum magic in my bio, you know, that's, that's a reference to that. It's this idea of, um, you know, when we talk about unity consciousness, you know, especially as you know, white people on Turtle Island into spiritual stuff. Um, I think that there's a really important nuance because I'm all about unity consciousness. I mean, when we really drop down below a particle reality, um, you know, we all are just one big ocean of waves. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. it's all just mm-hmm. data and information flying around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we aren't actually individuals, um, uh, and you know, I think that there's a real need for us to be able to drop down into that sense of the collective in unity. However, um, you know, there's a, there's a bypass that often happens. I see with, um, you know, white folks in kind of, you know, alternative spiritual circles around, like, we just got to do the love and light thing. We just got to be all one, you know, and it's like, yes. And um, let's not erase um, that we do have bodies with, um, you know, experiences of those bodies and skin color. And there are grander systems of oppression mm-hmm. that we do need to navigate in history and all of those things. So um, that was a little bit of a a tangent but <laughs> yeah so the, the the rooting down and the coming up to the 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 sky and the quantum realm and the research and then the last um kind of direction i feel like is really that middle point between the the heaven and earth between the sky and earth that lives in the heart space you know that that portal of um the present moment and um the passion and fire that burns in the heart. And I feel like when I'm able to um, feel really rooted and also really open and expansive, it's like this opening happens that, um, you know, part of my witch identity is like, you can't just be a witch and not be an activist. You know, I mean, I would put that as maybe like, you know, the one parameter that I would put on if people are going to adopt the identity of a witch, in my opinion, is it can't be a passive thing. Like, it's all because about... Because it's reclamation? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like you open your heart and... um mm. When there's that open heart, you have to show up in service. You know, not to mention that, uh you know, like if we were just talking historically, you know, I mean... Right. You're talking like the, the, the embodiment of like to walk in in connection with earth and sky and human form is to show up and and to be active in the world that we're creating, thus being an activist. And then and also and and what I was saying in terms of reclamation, I think like what you were about to say is that notion of like and the word which was thrown around in its vagueness as a way to ta- attack and persecute a variety of different people with a variety of different practices, it was a catch-all of degradation. And so to use it as a catch-all of upliftment mm-hmm. is to, is to, 
to be intentional about claiming that and using that term. Right, right. Like it's not, this is, this is the kind of part of the toxicity I see of how capitalism wants to take it and then feed it back to us as like a trend, you know, that is like, you know, you have to have all your crystals and you have to have your tarot deck and you have to have all this gear, you know, it's like, I love tarot decks. I have a deep, deep appreciation for working with the the crystalline people. I am have some, my, where I'm at personally is I'm not really going to buy any more crystals unless it's coming from a super ethically sourced place or gifted to me. Um, I just feel like, you know, like I don't want the witches to start just like, I mean, there's this whole controversy recently about Sephora making this witch kit. I don't know if you saw that going around on Instagram, but Sephora is this makeup company and yeah, they wanted to come out with this witchy kit and it had little, you know, all these perfumies that were, you know, presumably like just a bunch of synthetic crap. And then, um, you know, some white sage, which is an endangered plant, you know, that is traditionally used by, you know, native folks here and, you know, being over harvested and then some rose quartz, which it's like, you know, let's not do that. You know, let's like, if you're going to be a witch, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Um, Right. And, and like, and like company, like, and it's a process of, I think Sephora got a major education because I think there's also a piece of like, people don't know what they're doing when they do that. Mm -hmm. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't, they, they're finding out about white sage, rose quartz and lavender as, as medicines or as spiritual practices. Like they don't know, people don't know. And it's interesting because I've been having this, I talk about this a lot with like yoga practices that like, Mm -hmm. um, like, the like uh like the trend of yoga is a gateway drug to consciousness mhm mm-hmm. you know and and so i think about like witchy like that like you know this like that witchy process of like people don't know but it touches it it touches and awakens something it catches something that is this innate knowing um that that is allowed to and does fit into a because of it 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 in some ways to me, it all, it all feels like the insidious constant, insidious in a positive way. I mean, there's a different word that is not insidious, but it's this like, it's like the, uh, the subtle unstoppable force of the goddess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Of just being like, you keep trying to get rid of me, but like people keep bringing me back. Like people don't even know what they're doing and they're bring and they keep bringing me in. Like people get into it and they want to be around it even when they don't know. Um, and that I, I mean, I a hundred, a hundred percent agree. And I'm glad that Sephora's kits got shut down, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and some different choices were made. And I, there was a massive amount of education that happened in terms of, uh, a lot of people who use white sage finding out that it was endangered because of, right. the, you know, there's like a lot of people that it's like, it's not a problem to do a smoke cleanse and it's not even a problem to use white sage necessarily. I mean, especially it's an indigenous plant to this place where we're living and where we're born and working, you know, mm-hmm. but, but working with plants when they're endangered is, is something to become conscious about. So there's, so I, um, yeah. So those are some of my thoughts that come up around. All yeah. That. I feel like I want to retract maybe my don't be an asshole statement or refine <laughs> that a little bit. Cause I just, I want to clarify, you know, it's like, I have this belief that spirit, um, 
you know, gives free passes when we don't know any better, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like if someone saw that kit and was like, Ooh, that's cool. And it hit some chord with them and they bought it. And like, you know, similarly to going to some, you know, very, uh, privileged white majority yoga class or something like that. And then like three years later, they actually are going and, you know, studying in ashram in India and really getting deep into that lineage and honoring actually the roots of where yoga comes from, you know, like if the witchy kit turned them on and that led them down the path of honoring whatever their lineage is, you know, like that's awesome. And that's what I mean about saying, you know, I'm all for mainstreaming witchiness. Right. I just feel like capitalism is the asshole, I guess, is what I want to clarify. <laughs> right. Not, not those of us trying to navigate our intuitive hits and our lack of information that's been. And I think this is a really great point in, in, in turn, kind of shifting this conversation a little bit into this notion of, um, the witch wound and that it's been a very intentional and long time process of why don't we know how to have conversations with stone people and plant people and, uh, and our own bodies and our own voices. And it's like, because it was literally, or I like to say on this show, literally, uh, hunted, uh, murdered, publicly burned, publicly shamed, uh, you know, attacked, undermined, misrepresented, uh, appropriated, miseducated. It, it, that, that. That's why. That's why we're navigating in in this amnesia is because the that knowing has been has been that smashed over the head for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that that piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And that piece of 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 remembering, like that's mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. And 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 the witch wound, as I understand it, and when I teach about it and I talk about it, is is it's well, not so the witch wound is that is the many ways in which we have been wounded or attacked or or smashed um, in that process. And one of the results of the witch wound as we navigate that witch wound is the fear to reclaim or move forward with that knowing. Mm-hmm. So whether mm-hmm. it's to share it publicly or whether it's just to remember it in our own bones or to remember it in our own kitchen or to remember it in our own sex life to to just to to know it again is so dangerous. Uh, one of my, f- I can't say first, none of these things are first one, uh, one defining turning point, um, and, and memory reclamation for me, the whole process took about four years. Uh, but it started with, after I taught a weekend, uh, working with spirit guides weekend and everybody left and I was wrapping up and closing the space. And, uh, and I got this really intense pain in my shoulder and, I sat down and I stopped and I looked at my shoulder from the inside and said, you know, show me what this is about. Show me what this is about. And I saw this image of my father as a child and he was um, doing something. He was sitting on the floor and he looked up and he said, none of these had words. It was all this, this um, was this, it was like tones. And he looked up and he said, na, 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 na. And my grandmother looked over and said, uh, no, boom, shut it down. And in that moment, my dad went boom and shut mm-hmm. it down. That, that don't you, don't you see, don't you know? How about, why don't we look and feel in this? And my grandmother said, 
no, we don't do that. And in this vision, I got in between my dad and my grandmother and I like wrapped my body around him. And I was like, don't listen to her. You can totally know. You can totally ask these questions. Like, it's not, that's not true. And I just stopped. I was like holding him and loving on him and blessing my lineage in that way. And then I just stopped. And I looked at my grandmother and I said, who did this to you? Mm -hmm. And then it was zoomed out. And I saw this migration pattern around Pennsylvania and uh, and across the ocean and then kind of around this like Germanic Austrian type landscape. And then uh, kind of the stories, this is just a trigger warning, warning for people, sexual mm-hmm. assault. I've come into this memory and I'm actively being raped in mm-hmm. a tent that is on fire. And I can see in either corners that I'm looking at, I can see medicine bags. Mm -hmm. And I have this deep knowing, like all this information came through in this moment. And the first was the worst part was that they left me alive. Mm -hmm. Second part was that they had killed almost everyone else. And the third part was that this did finding moment of no one else will have the knowledge that I had that made me this target. Mm -hmm. No one will have it. And she survived and moved forward and had children and did not pass on those knowledges and practices And what I came to in that moment and my prayer was over and over again in that moment was make peace of this, make peace of this, make peace of this. And I said to her, I turned to my ancestor, I said, now is the time. And I need you to teach me how to make those bags. Mm -hmm. Like you need to teach me like what they are and how it happens. It's time. Now it's time. And it took four years for them to uh, entirely end the, like the full lineage practice of these medicine bags about four months after that it started about four weeks, but four to six months after that, I uh, had a client who said, I'm going to do this thing at the doctor's office and I'm really nervous about, As I'm telling this story, the technology in my ears is doing in really intense things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to focus. My client said to me, I'm going to this appointment. I'm nervous. Can you make something to take with me? And without thinking about it, I just went into my cabinet and I made this pouch and I gave it to her. And it wasn't until about four months later that I realized when I had run out of pouches, I started taking fabric and making bundles and I would always wrap them and bind them in the same way. And it was like maybe the third or fourth or fifth or 10th time that I was like, whoa, I'm doing this a certain way. Like I'm not making this up every time. And it was this moment of realizing that it was the same bind. It was the same bind that I saw. Mm. And it wasn't until about four years later that I recognized and fully received the practice of the initiatory medicine uh, 
what I call what what's come through me is the medicine caller bundle when you embrace and walk the path when you dedicate your life to walking as medicine and for medicine and mm. when you make medicine bags you make prayers for people and that those are different practices and so it took 4 years for those those that particular practice to come through and uh and I made one with a rabbit pelt um that a rabbit I killed a rabbit and this rabbits when I was driving and I pulled over immediately and I sat down and I was like apologizing. And this grandfather spirit came out of this rabbit and was like, I just gave you my body. Why are you apologizing? Let's get to work. Like it's time to make your bag. Like, come on now. And I sat with this like warm body in my lap for hours and, and went and, and skinned the rabbit and kept the part that I was supposed to keep the parts that I kept and the rest said, what do I, what, what do I do with the rest of this? And it was the burial of a king and the burial of a king. And so may, I made a fire pyre and offered the, the body and gave thanks to the, to the rabbit in that way. So the many, many practices of, of that go into that one moment, right? When I looked mm-hmm. and, I, and when she decided, and the other thing that she decided in that moment was that um, no one would ever take her sexuality from her and so that she would mm-hmm. either give it first or not have it at all. And it was this understanding of as soon as any sexuality came up in me, how I became very uh, inclined to be flirtatious and offer myself before someone asked for it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that. What a powerful experience that in journey that you went on by being able to, um, you know, honor what was coming up for you in your body in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's a huge part of, um, you know, what I'm kind of calling tending the witch wound these days is being able to develop those skills to know what's needed in the moment. Um, you know, knowing our bodies, you know, really like our bodies. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been so indoctrinated to not be in our bodies or trust our bodies and think our bodies are broken, but being able to really drop in to that felt sensation. And then, wow, what a journey, you know, what a gift that you had, um, that you were able to to do that for yourself and look at where it's taken you. I mean, that is so powerful and beautiful. (sighs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's a process. My, um, (laughs) and I, you know, the, (laughs) like, I don't, and then I kind of have this moment of like the like trait, like we can, uh, I also, and it's like in that I have a whole 45 minute, um, Vimeo, like Vimeo video where I tell this whole story and the different aspects of how I heard, healed the burning in that, how I healed my relationship with the rape in that, how I healed with the medicine bags, um, that whole mm-hmm. process of like that kind of its full form. And, um, because what's coming up for me is like the ability for us all to like trade those memories or those stories that come up in our visions 
and I'm feeling like tempted to lift, list them in an offhand way, which I, which I don't want to do. And yet I, I do want also just want to say, so I can like slow down and make some space to say the memory of being hung and my neck being snapped. Right. Mm -hmm. And the memory of being thrown on stakes with a okay. child in my arms publicly while all my other priestess sisters burned the temple to the ground on purpose, dressed to blend in and scattered mm -hmm. while I publicly walked and made a show and we all agreed to just hide it. Mm -hmm. And the the calling that I have now and my my listeners are with me now like like it's like talking any to you now sweetheart with your with your buds in your ear listening in the car with me of like we know like the temples are rising and and the remembering is happening and 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 I have a call to to build and and rebuild and newly build and remember the physical landscape these temples that we we put the blueprints in the ethers and we burned the, the, you know, some of us did it on purpose, right? They did this at a uh, standing rock when they mm -hmm. left standing rock and they, they knocked it down and they burned them down themselves in ceremony and in gratitude and with respect to all of that space. And, you know, what, how, when, we, how to know how to have closure with respect um, and to let the prayers continue, how to like where and how we like move through that. Um, you know, and that's, and, and cause I made reference to it at the beginning, I'll share now what came up for me this weekend. One of the pieces that I've been coming to terms with my own self is this integration of my sacred sexuality and my medicine practice and my relationships. And it's very, um, It's undefined. I'm not, I'm not, it's very alive. It's very raw. It's very in process right now. I'm not sitting in a place of being like, now I've come to understand. I'm like, it's like very much just like what is happening right now. But one of the things that's coming is this memory of doing profound ceremony for the people, for the planet, for the cosmos, for the star beings, right? Like all of those things through ceremony and medicine that did include sex. That included multiple people in a ritual and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and in, you know, that's part of my, my queerness and my em embracing of this and, and that work and, and what recognizing my body, my ecstasy, my grief as a tool for, uh, weaving and reweaving the light lattice, the very construction of the, the planet and the manifested form. Right. Mm -hmm. So. So to be in conscious relationship with all of those energies and to use my grief and my rage to heal and clean the planet and mend the, the waters of my being and each other, as well as my ecstasy. And so to, to, to prepare and to grow and to mature myself so that I'm doing that in a healed and holing way and in integrity requires a lot of dismantling about what I'm told. And this weekend, um, I was at a, I was at a workshop with Amy Jo Goddard and, you know, her, uh, firewoman retreat and we were we did a aspect of the weekend that was i would say kind of the the deep ceremony dive part of the weekend right in the middle of it and at the end of that i was just sitting quietly breathing kind of feeling the hollowedness of my being when i had this vision of being uh 
again, violent um, imagery about to come out of my mouth, being uh, skewered mm-hmm. through my vagina and out my mouth, put on a, a what's it called? A, not a, a spigot, a, like a, is that what it's called? Where you're, and then rotated or killed, rotated mm-hmm. over a fire. And the message being like, you had sex like an animal. So we're going to kill you as an animal. Mm-hmm. And this direct, this direct memory of being publicly murdered for the healing practices of, uh, that involved specifically that, that particular medicine practice, right? So I have one memory where the medicine practice was rabbit and bones and herbs and singing and prayer weaving and being mm-hmm. raped in silence. That's one memory. And this other memory is the, the, the majesty and the, the re the reweaving through intentional uh, ritual sex practices and this, that the murder of that. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's what I, I mean, that is just, I'm just days, you know, coming out of that and that, mm-hmm. that connecting to that grief, you talk, you know, you talked about that earlier too. One of the things that I always say is the balm is in the wound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I love that. So to go into that space and go into that fear of, I don't want to be skewered again. And then in that place to go so deep down in that and say like, and no matter how many times you try to silence or murder or uh, fear us or kill the wisdom, the wisdom cannot be killed because it is not, it comes through this body. It, it's not, he- it's not held or created exclusively in this body. And right. so this, this understanding of the limitlessness and the understanding of I, the embrace, it's like very deep in me right now, this profound embrace of, I cannot be contained when, when, when the medicine is moving, the medicine, the wisdom, the goddess, the creatrix, the creative force, life force cannot be contained. It can't, like it cannot be contained and thus it cannot be murdered and killed, right? can be intimidated. It can be silenced, uh, through intimidation or, or mitigated or repressed, but it not ended. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. this process that we're in right now of courageousness of warrior training, and that's my, in the training ground and the work that I do. And when I work with practitioners about healing and reclaiming their lineage and their intuition and their power is a recognition that the healer's path is the warrior's path. Mm-hmm. Not only just for boundaries and clear communication and, and energy discernment that comes with the warrior training, that is also the healer's training, but also right now in this time and space, there is nothing subtle or casual or uh, uh, was everything subtle, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's it's not casual to reclaim this remembering, even if you don't post it on Instagram or start a podcast just to, and that's what I was talking about before, just to have the audacity or the courageousness to remember it, just to Mm -hmm. know it in your bones requires a courage because those, it's like, I go back to that ancestral line. He said, no one's going to have this knowledge. So they will not be, uh, so they will have no reason to be hurt. They will be the ones that are killed, not the ones who are forced and intimidated into silence, right? That was one of my great lineage grandmother's choice was 
I would rather you be the, you know, the one, the one who just is peacefully left to your own, to let your spirit go versus to have the knowledge and to be, to be made the, the image of. So to, so to, to remember is to carry a responsibility, even if the way that you embody that or you pass that on is, is in a, is a much closer sanctuary. It requires a courageousness. And then when you do the work that you're doing, and a lot of my listeners are teachers and practitioners, um, that's a whole nother level of, of, mm-hmm. uh, resilient, like you talked about the resilience of that, the exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much. I feel like there's so much in what you shared that I resonate with. Um, and yeah, maybe to just pull out a couple strings uh, of what's coming up for me as I'm listening to you um, is, you know, just I keep coming back to that heart center portal um, kind of between heaven and earth and mm. this this courage that you're, you speak of. Um, it, it reminds me of, you know, the root of courage, core, core zone, like the original um, meaning of courage was to come from the heart into the world, you know, be heart, heart first. Um, And, you know, the warrior, when you were talking about the warrior, that made me um, think of this prophecy. It's a Buddhist prophecy. I believe it's, I'm not sure if it's a Tibetan Buddhist or what kind of, uh, lineage of Buddhism it comes from, but it's, it's called the Shambhala warriors. Mm. And, um, it goes something, I'll tell just like a real brief, brief version of it, but it goes something like, you know, there will come a time, uh, you know, when all of life will hang in the balance and we won't know what's going to happen. And the powers of B that B will, uh, you know, they'll have all of all of the resources to themselves and will be very, uh, you know, war focused, you know, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, out of this configuration will rise the Shambhala warriors and the Shambhala warriors won't have a nation state. Uh, they uh, will will we'll carry two quote unquote weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, one one will be uh, cool in its tone, and one will be warm in its tone. And and the cool weapon will be wisdom. You know, a, an ability to to know what's true. Mm. You know, to see to see clearly. Uh, you know, through the illusions. And the warm weapon will be courage. Courage. Passion. Yeah, to be able to love life and and rise up, you know, with that love. And so if you're listening to this and that lands for you, then congratulations, you're a Shambhala warrior. (laughs) 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 You know, Um, and of course, the prophecy doesn't have a, you know, how it ends chapter because that's the Shambhala warriors won't rise up if if we know how it ends, Um, you know, so. So here we are. And, and it's so interesting to me, all of these prophecies, you know, like I, I really love tracking prophecies and, and, and there, it, it, there's different cultural bells and whistles depending on what culture the prophecy comes from that there's so much similarity in, you know, kind of the takeaway. There will come a time where basically we'll all, all the earth people, we need to get together and, you know, come, come together, um, and and essentially move into a new age that is based on love and connectedness versus fear and the illusion of separateness. That seems yeah. to be the through line. 
And, uh, and it's really interesting. I've, I also kind of parallel that with the meme that keeps going around this, like, you know, we are the granddaughters of the witches you didn't burn. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as much as I appreciate that meme and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's some truth maybe to that in terms of like how we understand, like, you know, if, if you got burned and killed, then you weren't able to pass on your lineage. But, but when we actually look at, you know, the nature of reality, like time doesn't exist. And so I have, (laughs) you know, so I, I really hold like a deep, deep truth and knowing in me that, you know, uh, what feels more accurate is, um, just as you were saying, you know, I, I was the witch that was, uh, burnt and I am also existing in this reality and in time and place, you know, to do some work around that. Um, and, you know, I believe if we look at, um, you know, when people talk about past lives, um, I, I like to kind of use the vision of it's almost like different lanes on a highway or notes on a piano or, um, you know, currents in a river or something where it's like these parallel dimensional realities. And so we're able to jump around when we go into the other world, be it through journey work or dream work or deep meditative practices or using uh, plant medicines and, you know, various ways that we expand our consciousness. We're able to, to, to jump into different vibrational states, different dimensions and do work around that. And, you know, similarly to you, I've had those same, I mean, different, you know, um, for me, but, you know, essentially the same experiences. Um, and maybe one I'll share briefly with your listeners just so that they can feel kind of the wormhole (laughs) that happens is, um, you know, gosh, I don't know, this is, it was over a year ago, but not that far back in time. Um, I was doing some ancestral healing work and I connected with, um, an ancestor who felt very, very old. Um, and from, uh, you know, Scandinavia land territory. And, um, she was so bright in my, uh, vision, like I could, I, and I still can't exactly see her. It's more just like a glow, um, like just a shimmeriness and really powerful and not necessarily like the warm and fuzzy kind of vibe. This mm-hmm. is more like, like, okay, I will work with you. Um, you know, I'm willing to help you. Um, you know, and let's, um, you know, you're going to have to, to show me that you're, you're ready for this kind yeah. of a situation is what it felt yeah. like. And, um, so I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm going to go with that. And then, um, several months, uh, later, not that m- many months, but maybe I can't remember like three or four months later, I had a healing session with a woman who does, um, past life regressions. And we went into the other world and, um, you know, I kind of went through the doorway and I found myself in this landscape that felt very, um, agricultural, um, you know, very village life, old, old feel. And I was a young woman and I was running through the woods. So again, you know, trigger warning, I feel like running through the woods, running from a group of uh, young men. So I was, you know, teenager-ish age, um, 
running uh, because they were going to gang rape me because I had refused the advances of one of them mm-hmm. because I was a very um, I was just a you know you know I was what we would call tomboy right like in you know, well I mean I think that term's becoming outdated thankfully but like in my youth that's what I you know I was labeled. Um, very independent, strong-willed young woman in this life. And so I had resisted his advances. And so they were going to teach me a lesson. And um, so I was watching this all play out, you know, same thing. They didn't kill me almost, you know, just very brutal. And um, she had me, um, you know, go through, kind of go back in time in that life and see, okay, I had resisted his advances. That's why this all happened. And then she had me kind of go to the original scene again and, um, replay it. And because I had seen what had originally happened, um, I had more, I was more empowered and I was able to watch the scene play out again, but this time I hid and they didn't find me. And as I was hiding, I turned around and looked back behind me and there was a trail that led back into the woods and, and it led back into, um, an entity that I have a lot of familiarity with in my journey work and had already established a relationship with that I would kind of loosely call, you know, my Baba Yaga kind of character. Um, you know, the, the haggy witch figure in the woods, um, and so this young me in this life um, walked down this path to the to the you know the house in the woods, and um, you know, kind of the Baba Yaga kind of hag womanish mystical being was um, was there and was able to um, basically facilitate a healing between me and that life. And me and my astral body that was in that dimension and helping me like breathe healing and send, you know, basically do like a psychic surgery on my energy body um, in that life. And then that, you know, then it was kind of almost as if I pressed fast forward on that. And then that woman grew up to be this very powerful, uh, you know, witch healer, priestess, you know, whatever we want to call her, um, now, but a medicine woman in that community, uh, very well respected. Um, and that was the ancestor that I had connected with in my life as I experienced it as Portia, you know, months before that. Yes. So me going into a past life regression was Mm -hmm. actually me doing healing work so that I could have my ancestor grow up so that my ancestor could then, you know, support me. It, do you feel the loop of that? Oh, <laughs> I know? feel it. I feel yeah. it. So I, know I am. It. I, yeah, yeah. I believe it. I'm my ancestor. Realness. We're the, yeah. we're the same, we're the yeah. same being and we're just existing in parallel dimensions. Um, and so, you know, it's all very fluid and that's why um, I'm, I'm actually quite hopeful that, you know, as dire as things are, um, I do feel that there is this quickening that is happening, um, Mm -hmm. that a lot of us are doing the really deep reclamation work that's needed in this realm. You know, um, we're doing it in the other dimensions to support the healing that's needed in this realm. And that uh, once we're able to reestablish 
our connectedness to the natural forces and our connectedness to the collective, um, especially, you know, kind of our collective consciousness, I feel like we're going to be able to move the dial a lot faster than people oh, who yeah. are really rooted in a materialist oh, yeah. belief system. Yeah. 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 Because time's super bendy and when you know it and we start working in that as a, I have a song that goes like this. Time, space is on our side. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time, I space. love it. Time, I love it. Time, space is on our side. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for, for all of that. It, it, all of it. All of it. And thank you. And also thank you for the work of that. Mm-hmm. and how that work is our, our work like your journey the the realness of that like the wholeness that I have in my walk because of your walk um, that is so not a metaphor to me <laughs> that is like very that is very literal so yes yeah Likewise. yeah the um you said something and now I don't remember what it was, but it reminded me of a poem that I wrote. It wrote oh, it reminded me of. So I wrote a poem on my way into this weekend. Um, and uh, and I felt called to read it. And one of the things that happened in the healing ceremony when I did this like deep before I had the memory, when I did the hollowing and it was just this like, buh, was like, there was some like wailing and some like, And I just like stood up and it was just like rooting my feet, that Shambhala place of just like, oh, you said, this is what you said. The Shambhala prophecy, warrior prophecy doesn't tell us how it's going to end. Right. Mm -hmm. And and what comes to me in that moment is that memory of me standing in that healing space with my feet planted. And I'm not confused because I will not stop Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. it is the peaceful world. Yeah. I feel that. I feel my my version of truth in that too. And that's par- that's part of the the story will be whatever it is. That Shambhala warrior, that courage and that wisdom says I don't have to know how. That's not my job. My job is just to do my part. Mhm. Again and again and again and again. Which reminded me of this poem that I wrote. I'm going to read us. Yeah, read it. It is a quake. Every time I trade control. Anticipation. Mitigation of pain. Manipulation. For listening. Bones tremble as I hand the flesh of my body to the tool and hands of the beloved. Heart, skin ripple, thigh muscles relax, and I choose again to give my life to faith. Have you ever wondered if anyone has risked it all for the love of you? Know this, I have risked it all, and I will do it again. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. 
Mm. Portia. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> grateful. Juicy. Juicy. I'm so grateful you joined us today. What a rich, rich time together. I have two closing questions um, that I'm feeling ready to move towards. And before I do that, I want to give you a chance if there's anything that you want to say before I take us there. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for sharing that poem. I would love uh, if you would include that in the show notes mm. um, so I can revisit. Um, yeah, I would love that. I, I also just, I want to um, share with your listeners, I drew a rune before this call um, for all of us, everyone who's listening to this. And I asked um, the runes, what do what do we all need to be holding in our consciousness um, at this time as we experience it so that we can uh, really align and usher in this new um, era that that is coming? You know, it is coming. It's um, just a matter of how it wants to come. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, I'll bring take a breath on that. Um, and the, the rune that fell out of my bag when I tossed it, tossed, kind of jiggled it, jiggled them out, um, is one called, uh, Ingus, um, which is, um, you know, can look a, a number of different ways. The one, the way it is just, um, shown on my runes is a diamond shape. And, um, sometimes it's depicted as a diamond shape with little, you can think of if you broke another diamond in half and put a little, like little horns on, you know, the, the top side and the bottom side, um, uh, it can kind of look like that too, but it, it means fertility. It, it's, it's mm. the yoni, it's the opening, <laughs> it's, Woo! it's the vagina. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. So that, that was like. Kind of no surprise to me that I was going to come on <laughs> China Talks and the rune that fell out of my bag was Ingus. And, uh, you know, th- what it, what it tells us is that, um, you know, that we need to, that we are, we are going through the birth canal. You know, we're going into this new era. And so that we need to be mindful of, um, wrapping up what we need to wrap up in terms of the old pattern, mm. like cleaning it up. You know, getting things in order because, uh, you know, the new, the new world is, is coming down the chute <laughs> that we're, that, that we're opening it up and, uh, that, that this, uh, clearing is all about, um, kind of tilling the soil. It's like it, it all is going into the fertility, uh, you know, to, to basically deliver us, you know, um, so. Yeah, that we're we're coming out of this freeze state into a more fluid state. Um, so just know that that's that's what the runes wanted all of us to know. As you're listening to this, thank you, runes. Thank you, Ingus. Thank you, runes. Thank you, Ingus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's also funny because it's also on theme for my final question so that's fun oh, um yeah just, yeah no surprise no surprise there right <laughs> that's how we do it. Um, do it yeah for sure that's how it that, that's the life we live uh so my my second to last question is um well i'll t- i'll tell people this which is that uh 
Portia runs a space. She has a, a program that she offers and invites people in to tend the witch wound. And so uh, if you really connected with her today and you want to know more about tending your witch wound with Portia as your guide, I encourage you to check out uh, her link in the show notes and, and look at her work and spread the word. Um, let other people know who may be on their journey that there are many, many places to have companionship and guidance and and teamwork in this process that is that is team <laughs> that is team that is collective right it's it is personal and collective by nature um so my question for you Portia is where do you like to we talked about Instagram and things like that but where do you like to play with people and connect with people on the internet and if people want to get in touch with you how do you how do you want them to do that where where and how do you want them to connect with you yeah great thank you um yeah, I I keep it pretty simple. I mean, I I'm I'm an Instagram gal. Um I guess I'm technically on Facebook, but I just am not really um I don't really show up there in the same way. Um so yeah, I I love connecting with people on Instagram. I feel like that is um I've gone through like a real kind of love hate and landed on the love end with it um because I've I decided I wanted to be really intentional about curating my feed to be a community of people who um, were really uh, reflecting back, you know, being clear mirrors for me, you know, other other people on on the path um, who, you know, when I look at my feed now, I get really um, affirmed, you know, that this is this is the right path for me. So yeah. if, if people are feeling that from me, then I would love to connect in that way. I have, um, I have two accounts. One's my personal account and it's, um, at Shinlace, which is spelled, um, S C I N N dot L A E C E. And that actually is an old English word that means, which essentially technically it means, um, veiled healer mm. uh, shin is is kind of it means um skin or hide and lace Ooh. means healer or doctor yeah yeah it was it was one that when i saw it i was just like that's my word yeah i, I know that word um you know especially because i work a lot in the unseen realms i work a lot with the shadow um i consider myself both a light worker and a shadow worker but i'm really leaning a lot on the shadow work these days and, um, so yeah, that's my personal one. I show up there a lot. And then I have a professional one for my practice, which is tall reads, healing arts with periods in between those. You can find it through my personal one. Um, yeah, that would be great. And then otherwise, uh, you know, I do have an online program, Tending the Witch Wound. It's a it's a year long. Um, this is the first year that I'm running it. So it's, a, you know, a beta test this year, but I'm just having uh, a blast with it, even though it ha does me have me on all of my edges of being seen. And, uh, you know, I'm working my witch wound out lifetime by creating this program. Hey, hey, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm not an expert here, but this is just something I'm really super passionate about. And I'm a huge nerd and like really have a broad interest. So I like to bring all of all of me into this program. It's divided into four subclasses that um you know, do the wheel of the year. So the fall course that we're in right now is called release. And it's all about becoming aware of the script and the patterning, uh, starting to untangle ourselves from that. 
the winter course, which will start on the winter solstice to spring equinox, um, is all, it's called restore. And that's about learning to put in the good stuff, you know, build back up our power. The spring course, which will run from equinox to solstice is called reclaim. And that's all about, you know, once we're charged up again, it's like, okay, now we have power. So now like, how do we show up in the world as, um, you know, as individuals, you know, at like who, what's our little wave in the ocean look like? You know, how do we take up space? Um, you know, how do we be seen? How do we use our voice? All of that kind of content. And then the summer course is called reweave and that will run from the summer solstice to the fall equinox. And that's really, um, an outward orientation. So the first three courses tend to have more of an inward orientation, really working on the inner landscape um, so that we can then project out a really clear signal as we connect back into the the loom or the grid um, and really be able to shift from a collective place. Um, so that one I'm uh, really anticipating getting into all of the like you know, like the super magical, like kind of quantum science. I mean, I'm already starting to like seed all of that content in because I just love it. But um, really more of like a collective feel on the summer course is what I'm going for. So and then I'm going to be doing a couple other online courses, hopefully um, in 2019. I, I want to put a class that I teach called Love, Light and Whiteness, which is exploring um how, you know, it's it's an anti-racism class, but through the lens of what I call modern spiritual eclecticism. So looking at, you know, uh, basically how, how we can be, uh, have eclectic spirituality that isn't really, really damaging to, um, oppressed peoples, you know? Um, and, and so yeah, so I'm hoping to put that out online. And then another course that I'm really hoping to put online is called Uploading the New Earth. And that's going to be a, um, a smaller, you know, a smaller course. Both of those will be smaller courses. Um, and this is going to be more focused on, um, you know, everything that we've just talked about really, you know, like how do we really connect into our body's wisdom and allow that to be a channel for uh, really um, bringing up you know, bringing up the new era through, through our body, you know, body is channel. So I'm, I'm, yeah, snaps. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's what I have yeah. coming, coming awesome down the line. Awesome, work. Um, awesome. Yeah. And you folks can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I do, you know, if you're non-local to, to Minneapolis, you're outside of Minneapolis area, I do do intuitive guidance sessions over Zoom. And I just put up a couple new like mentorship sessions. Um, you know, so look at, look at, look at what I got and uh, feel free to reach out. I, I love connecting and expanding my circle. And I really, really am super passionate about um, permission giving and supporting other people coming into their power and their healing mm -hmm. abilities because, you know, like, fuck, right. the world needs yeah. all of us. Yep. <laughs> like, go team go. You know, yesterday, <laughs> that we, yeah. we need, we, <laughs> you know, like this whole like scarcity bullshit, like, let's let go of that and yeah. just like more the merrier, you know, like yes. we all, we all get to be queens regardless of gender, you know, uh, there's, yeah. there's totally more than enough. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So that's, that's, that's what I got. Thanks Thank for asking. Yeah. <laughs> and lay it on us. Options, resource. She's a resource. That's the deal. She's a resource. Thank you.
being a resource. Uh, love the upload. Love the upload. We could, we got, we got, we got to keep talking because we could, we could keep talking. My final question uh, is: You already made references to it, lots of it, but it is this piece of we may not know, nor do we need to know how we're going to get there, and yet there is a where that we know mm -hmm. we're going. We know it. We know it deep in us. And my question is, what's that where? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What's an element? What's a what's a piece of it that is that that world that we're birthing, that we're uploading, that we're bringing into being? What does it taste like? Yeah. Ooh, that's a powerful question. Um. Oh, and if you can, give it to us well, in present tense. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I got a vision um, that, uh, you know, again, my third eye just went and like, uh, it, it, to me, it feels like there's this uh, wave that washes over the earth whenever we're able to really um, drop in to the present moment um, and shift our energy field into a vibration of love, right? Um, that it, it's like this, to me, I see it as this green wave that is washing over the earth and, and lighting, lighting us up. And this is happening, you know, now, present, present time and, and in the, in all of the other dimensions too. Um, and it, it makes me think about, you know, when we're able to, shift our emotional state into uh, a frequency of love. Um, and I can't remember the exact hertz off the top of my head. I'd have to look this up um, in terms of what it does to our electromagnetic field, but it, it shifts the vibration of our electromagnetic field to be in resonance with the natural vibration of the Earth's electromagnetic field. So to put that in other other words, you know, when we, what we, you know, what we experience as the feeling of love, uh, is the natural vibe of the earth, and this is measurable. You know, <laughs> the the Institute yeah. of Heart Math is is a place that I would turn people onto if they want to look at like the research behind this. Um, so. To me, that's that's what the the fifth dimension, you know, is all about. That's what the the new Earth or the age of Aquarius or you know all of these ways that we talk about this next era. That's it's already exists, you know. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, and I see this like sometimes I see this bell curve, or I'll talk about this bell curve of consciousness shifting. And it's a little bit tricky because it sometimes sets up a like a you know people at the front end are like more evolved or something than people at the back end, and that's just not exactly accurate. Um, it's it's more like you know we're all shifting, we're all in this river, you know we're all flowing in the river, and some of us might be just a little bit at a different spot in the river where we can see around the bend, you know we can see that around the bend that there's this other landscape. Um, and some of us are not at that place yet. And that doesn't mean that we aren't moving in that direction. And so there's different responsibilities, I think, um, at different places. And someone, you know, I, I would 
you know, self-identify as someone just with the work that I'm doing in this world as being more towards the, you know, front end, I guess. Um, and again, not in a better than kind of a way, but in a, like a response, part of my soul contract in this life is to hold the door open, you know, is to let people know like, Hey, around this bend, there's some really amazing landscape here, you know, yeah. like, um, but we need to not, you know, sink underneath the current here. We're going to go through some rapids, uh, you know, so let's connect our hands together and like, let's not lose the people on the back end. You know, we all, in order for all of us to get there, we need to, we need to join hands. So I'm not sure if that answered your question. You touched on it. It's good. You did some weaving. It's good. You're good. You're good. Uh, you're good. You're good. What, and it's the third time now that something you said has, has, um, has summoned a song in me. So I'll, I'll sing, the, I'll sing the song. <laughs> that'll, that'll close us out. Um, as always, come play with me at Sophia Wiseman on Instagram, sophiawiseman.com. Go sign up for my email list if you want to know about RTTCon and the magic that's coming our way in 2020. I know it's a ways out, but we're building magic. Sometimes it takes time foundation stuff. So, uh, you know, tunes will come on after my song, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap my voice with this here today. It's like this. Hmm. You see you're made of stardust, made of song and light. You see you're made of stardust, immortal as the night. As long as you live here, as long as your song lives as long as your song lives here, you belong to the earth. You see, I'm made of stardust, made of song and light. You see, I'm made of stardust, immortal as the night. As long as I live here, as long as my song lives here, as long as my song lives here, I belong to the earth. You see, we're made of stardust, made of song and light. You see, we're made of stardust, immortal as the night. As long as we live here, as long as our songs live here, long as our songs live here, we belong to the earth. We belong to the earth. We belong to the earth.
Thank you. That was divine. Mm. Thank mm. you so much. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. So much love. Thank you. Likewise. I feel like this is only the beginning for us. It's just the beginning. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Uh, blessings, blessings, blessings. I said I wasn't going to talk anymore, but nobody believed me when I said that. Blessings, blessings, blessings. I love you. <laughs> the best. It's the best. Isn't it great to be known? Feels so good to be known. And uh, just, just permission, permission, permission. Go team. Your radiant, beautiful, knowing self. Everything you need, you're allowed to need. Everything you want is blessed and sacred and you're wanting. May you know and trust yourself. May you give permission to come home to yourself. May you share yourself with those who love you so that they can know you and treasure you and love you in all that you are and you can feel that. Be with that. Reach out. Be in connection with us. We've thank you for all the work that you do every day and your courage and your kindness and your being and your witnessing and your journeying. I love you. I love you, Portia. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. <sighs> thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it and share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about vagina talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.